The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? Good evening, Ryan. I'm doing good. How are you? Good evening. I, you say that with a little bit of uh, a, little, a little bit of anger. A little, you seem testy about the fact that it's no, evening. No, well, it's, it's not even evening. It's actually, it's midnight. Yes, we are, we're podcasting after dark again. Yeah, oh, oh, that's right. Podcasting after dark. Um, and... I want to apologize to you for the fact that we're podcasting after dark. No, because because we're this is now becoming the regular thing. No, Don't apologize. No, 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 no. I apologize. This is unequivocally my fault. Let me explain because it's what are we recording? It's like just hitting midnight right now, right? Yes. All right. Here's this is so on me. We've now been doing this for a day. Yeah. Our podcast has spanned <laughs> 24 hours. Here's what happened. Uh, we got Mary Amber coming up in the next segment. We love Mary Amber. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend, of, friend of the show. She was our guest on the very first episode. Friend of the show. I love we can use that phrase. Friend yeah, of the show. She, she's a true friend of the show um, and, and, a, and a distant friend all the way in Australia. But she's amazing. She's a great artist and uh, she loves coming on. Uh, we, we asked her to come on and she was all happy to come on. And, yeah. and so we're going to have her on in the next segment. Uh, really excited for it. And she's just super awesome for coming by. Here's the problem. She's in Australia. We're here. And there's a bit of a time difference. <laughs> you don't to say. say. And it took a, you know, as I was communicating with Mary over Twitter to make sure we navigated the time difference so that we, you know, were both on the Skype machine at the same time. Um, I looked back to the last time she was on, which was our very first episode about three months ago and said, okay, there's a 14 hour time difference between where we are and where she is. And so I, I use that 14 hour time difference, um, as I, you know, ascertained it from the previous messages I sent to her three months ago and said, okay, so I'll be on, I'll, I'm going to meet you, Mary at 9 PM our time, which is 11 a.m. her time so she's actually in the future right now which is kind of amazing um and so that was yeah. the plan well that, that that's where i was remember when i was back in china i was in the future that's right then i had to come back here Ugh. <laughs> so i had it all set up and i and I, I texted you and i said all right dave we're on for 9 p.m uh-huh. it's a little late but you know we're trying to accommodate mary's in the other side of the world and for mary amber i know you'd always do it because you know oh yeah you think she's great too. she's the best right Smash cut to today. It's seven o'clock. I'm having dinner. You know, getting, you know, Dave, you're out, you know, probably having dinner too because it's dinner time. Mm-hmm. And I get the, a Twitter message from Mary saying, I'm on Skype waiting for you. And we were not due to talk to her for another two hours. What I had discovered was in the, since the last time we have spoken to her, uh, there's been some daylight savings time differences mm-hmm. that uh, have both been experienced both here in the States as well as in Australia. And so what was once a 14-hour time difference has now become a 16-hour time yes. difference. and which is amazing because it's so, it's so weird because you would never have known that because the world clock 
on the iPhone says 16 hours. Agreed, agreed. No, 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 no. A simple little checking no. of the phone. Get mad at me. I totally this. deserved it. I should have just looked at the world clock. I'm with you. Instead, I looked at my old Twitter messages with her three months ago to figure out what the time difference was entirely my fault. So what wound up happening is that since we couldn't do it at the pre allotted time, uh, we had to wait until later in the day for her when she was available again, which unfortunately wasn't until like, you know, now basically. Yes. And I'm uh, pretty tired also. One, because it's just, you know, this this late, although we are in Miami. So how pathetic is it that, that we're like, Oh my God, it's so late when essentially everyone else in the city is out on the South beach right now, partying, doing all sorts of drugs and engaging in all sorts of hedonistic activities right now. And it, you and I are here. Oh my God. What are we doing? And we're podcasting and talking to a, uh, an Australian who loves Legos and Dr. Who. Yeah. I think we got the better end of this deal. I guess, yeah. But also tired because I actually, uh, not, to, <clears throat> not to toot my own horn here, but I did volunteer at the South Florida Food Bank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how so. was, so you did a little bit of volunteer work. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did it uh, with, with the, at work. You know, a group of us uh, went, oh, okay, you can step the applause. I don't need your applause, audience. I grow disdainful of you. But you helped people. <laughs> oh yes, no, yes. I uh, no, it was nice. We uh, was it? We packed over fourteen thousand pounds of food, which translates to like eleven thousand meals for families. Oh, and tremendous! Just, you know, at, at this time of year, you know, it's a good thing to do. Uh, people out there, just volunteer your local food bank. Here, the South Florida Food Bank, you know, is pretty easy, right off I ninety five, like on Hallandale Beach Boulevard. So, um, no, it's a little, yeah, little thing. <laughs> go, go, do it. Oh. Uh, help out. It'll make oh. yourself. It'll make you feel good. During that, this holiday season, you know, that, that's very big of you, Dave. And uh, you know, it does it, it doesn't come as a shock to me at all that you'd be doing that kind of stuff um, this time of year, of any time of year, because you're a swell dude. You're you've always been, I guess. But, you've always thought of others. But does, does it make me a bad person that I actually had to say it out loud right now? <laughs> like there was that great episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where. You know, I think it was a Ted Danson donated to this organization, like an anonymous. Right, he was anonymous. And he, but but, but yeah, he spread the word, and like, oh, he's like, well, no, that's not anonymous. The whole point of being anonymous is you're not supposed to know. If, if, if you want me to know, what's the point? Okay, well, you here, still want the credit. Here's the test as to whether or not this is selfish, because it's one thing that you're bringing it up on the air now, because it's kind of spur of the moment, and our conversation sort of led into it. Right. When you were packaging those things at the food bank, did at any point, and you got to be honest with me, did you think to yourself, I'm going to bring this up on the podcast and score brownie points with the listeners? No. Okay, there you go. You are you know, truly selfless. <laughs> I guess. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Tremendous. I mean, now, all right, I'll just go ahead and dig the hole. Does it, did the back of your mind, are you thinking like, oh, this will be nice for girls to hear? No. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, yeah. If you were thinking that. Suddenly the altruism is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we bring Mary on, um, let's, I want to talk a little bit about an article uh, we read in Music 3.0, a guy named uh, Bobby Oswinski who writes the Music 3.0 blog. A great blog. This guy is super sharp. Uh, I usually read it, you know, it's usually, I would say at least two, two times a week reading for me. And he had a, a nice little post that I think is a good one to share with the listeners because um, almost all the indie artists that I encounter have at least some kind of a Twitter presence and are always looking for just different things to do with Twitter to expand their indie music career. And uh, Bobby Oswinski had a nice, uh, cute post here in which he talked about the seven types of Twitter contests. So 
contests that you can create on Twitter as a way to kind of interact with your fan base. Right. You know, maybe give prizes away. Um, you know, do more than just say like, you know, oh, I'm eating food on Twitter. Right. You know, a way to interact with the listeners, crowdsource, things like that. And so uh, we'll just run through a couple of these tips here that uh, he came up with. And you should check out the Music 3.0 blog. You can see the rest of them. Um, and these are good things for artists to follow, particularly if you have like a good, nice, large Twitter following and you have a lot of diehard fans who might be up for a good contest. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one of the ones he brought up here, a photo contest where you um, ask the entrance to post a photo of themselves showing a piece of your merchandise or holding one of your CDs. Um, or being at one of your shows. So, um, and you know, you, and you make it where you have some kind of drawing where all the ones who send in ones can be up for a prize, or maybe you just give a prize to everybody, or you just offer to retweet them out. But it shows your fans having a good time at the event. It's free advertising for your uh, your your stuff, and you know, again, it's a way for fans to get engaged. Um, if you if you're not big on the random drawings and you want to have it be a little more skill based, there's a couple cool ones here. So you could have a uh, a uh, creative or funny answer quest contest where you have a, you, know, you ask a, uh, a question, then you, you know, any kind of question. And then you say to your listeners, uh, I'll give a free CD or free download or, you know, t-shirt or something to the, uh, Twitter follower who can come up with the most funny or creative answer. Oh, it's like those, a uh, caption contest. Exactly. In yeah. fact, a caption contest is actually another one on here. Oh, he sold my idea. <laughs> you want to come after this guy? I'm going to get you Uzwinski. Well, no, I'll just we'll, you and me will start the music 4.0 blog. Oh, oh, it's one better. You've been trumped, Oswinski. No, <laughs> yeah, the caption contest. Um, yeah. you you tweet a, a maybe a funny picture of you or some picture of you in an event, and you reward the person who can come up with the funniest caption. Um, you can also create Twitter contests in which you reward speed, uh, to try to encourage fast interactions with your listeners. That was a good movie, and I think it, we should reward it more. Speed. Yes. Yeah, it's a good one. I yeah. mean, do people really keep talking about Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves in that movie? I don't know. We should reward speed <laughs> with with some post. It's not posthumous Oscars, but ex post facto Oscars. I don't know. <laughs> Retroactive Oscars. Retro- thank you. There's the word. It's late. Retroactive Oscars. But you're right. I his his thing that we should honor speed. Yes. Yes. And another kind of speed <laughs> is in a first to answer contest where, you know, if you just want to have a quick little contest and you don't want to have to watch your Twitter feed all day, do something where it's just you ask a question and whoever tweets the answer first wins. Maybe a trivia question about your music, uh, you know, a particular like maybe you name you you write a lyric of your songs and you ask the people to name the song and so now you're rewarding your fans, you're rewarding followers who uh, follow you a lot. Um uh, there's also ones where if you want to try to increase the number of retweets that you get or even the number of followers, you have a retweet to enter contest where uh, people you tweet about the contest and anybody who retweets your contest tweet, you can put into some kind of drawing or you can have a follow to win contest where you, uh, you know, have uh, people, you know, new followers can be entered into some kind of contest. And so these are all nice, cute ideas that oh. can be a great way to uh, interact with listeners. A lot of our artists that we talk to uh, already do this sort of thing. Uh, Mary yeah. Jennings, for example, right? Um, she does these contests a lot where she actually does them in her live show where she'll be on stage and say the first person to uh, retweet my, you know, or tweet about my concert here or at mention me here at the concert, right. I'll give you a free CD. Oh, and okay. that gets people tweeting about the concert and taking pictures of the concert. 
and you know gives you great you know fan interaction right there in the moment. So you can all of these Twitter contest ideas you can link with your live shows or other projects that you're working on. Um, a couple words of caution. This isn't the stuff that Bobby writes about in his article, but it's kind of just some stuff that I want to augment his writing with. Um, the first is before you run one of these contests, it might be useful to maybe talk to a lawyer or, or just check your state law on lotteries and just make sure that what you're doing doesn't constitute an illegal lottery and, you know, wherever you are. Um, one way that you might want to avoid that in particular is you don't want to have any sort of consideration or purchase necessary if you're going to have some kind of drawing. You know, let it be no. a completely free uh, type thing so you're not creating some kind of lottery. But again, you know, check your check the laws of your jurisdiction. Make sure that what you're doing is all right. Um, and secondly, make sure that your contest doesn't violate Twitter's rules. Um, and the, Twitter actually has a great page. You can Google it in which they give you very specific rules on how you can do these kind of promotions and content contests on your sites, um, on their site. And one rule in particular you want to follow is don't do a contest that encourages people to post multiple times. Twitter does not like multiple identical posts, and you can actually get your account shut down for that. Um, for example, a contest in which you say, whoever retweets my tweet the most wins, where you actually say, you know, get people to retweet, you know, your post five or six times. Hmm. Twitter doesn't like that. You know, they don't like uh, identical posts in a row. You can get in trouble for that sort of stuff. That violates the terms of service. So I would check that page out make sure that what you're doing is a perfectly acceptable Twitter contest and you should be in good shape there. But again, these kind of Twitter contests can be a great way to interact with your fans and to make the most of uh, using your social media platforms to get your name out there. Now, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. You and I talked a little bit about this before. Um, I listened to an interview with Shirley Manson on the uh, Nerdist podcast from back from a few months ago. And uh, I, I Shirley Manson. I, I direct, yeah, the uh, lead singer of Garbage. Yes, indeed. Um, now, she had an interesting little t- point of conversation with uh, Chris Hardwick. And I think I directed it, uh, it to you because, you know, I felt like, hey, hey, you know, it seems to relate. She sort of like said that, um, you know, with saturation the way it is and with so many people on Twitter and social media and just it almost seemed like to her, her theory was, you know, this is just it's almost too much that it sometimes it's, it's not this great thing for artists. I'm just wondering what your opinion was on that, because I, I, you did. I did tell you to listen to it. I did. And, and I, I actually did uh, listen to that episode you sent me. I love Shirley Manson. Mm-hmm. She. I mean, and that interview only made me love her more uh, just because, I mean, she's so sharp and she's so smart. And I, and, and when I was young, I used to listen to Garbage and, you know, she's great and super insightful and apparently a great actress. So, um, but with regard to her comments, I think she's absolutely on point. You know, what she was speaking about is the fact that there's just so much noise out there with social media and it's sort of the blessing and the curse of the modern era of promotion as social media has created itself and now is the, is the new normal, the best thing about it is that anybody in the world has access to worldwide promotion. The worst thing about social media is that everyone in the world has access to worldwide promotion. So as an artist, it's exciting because it means that this kind of promotion is free for you. The bad news is that it's free for everybody. And so part of what, being successful in this in this new in new world order of promotion 
is you have to find ways to cut through the clutter. You know, you have to find ways where it's, you know, Twitter is millions of voices speaking at the same time. You have to find creative, interesting ways to make your voice stand out. And so, you know, that, that, that in itself is an art form. And part of the way that you can do that, in addition to having these, you know, interesting, cute Twitter contests to kind of make yourself distinctive, it all kind of comes down to your content, you know? And having good, interesting content that people want to share and retweet with their friends and that uh, you build fans that way. Well, then, well let's see, let me ask you a question here. Let me almost play devil's advocate. I guess because I come at this from a little bit more old school way in terms of like, you know, the, the, the bands I follow and uh, even just heck stand-up comedians where a lot of people is, you know what? I want to get out on the road and like my physical presence, not a virtual presence is what matters. Get out there, play gigs. That way people actually come to see me. And, you know, I, I get a following that way. I actually have, you know, a real connection with people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's to me, that's always how I feel like things work better. If you're actually out there playing gigs, you know, if you're on the road, you know, traveling all around. I mean, I think like isn't, I don't know. How, how much do you think that plays into it? Social media by no means is the end of the transaction. If you If you see yourself only as... All I have to do to become a big star is just be on Twitter. And believe me, there are plenty of people out there who are doing just fine and making great careers out of just being Twitter. But as you have aptly noted, there is no substitute for getting out there and and interacting with the people. And social media is just one arrow in your promotional quiver. And you, you have to, you have to use it. It's, it's, it's becoming all the more necessary to interact with people virtually, but that doesn't mean that you can't stop touring and playing gigs, interacting with people, and creating good content, and finding creative ways to distribute it, and you know, and using other forms of social media. Like, you know, don't just depend on Twitter. Maybe you can also use Facebook, um, even mailing lists. You know, the the you know the old email lists that people think of oh. are long gone. There's still a, a role to be played by using email lists to interact with your fans in that way. I thought maybe you were, were going to say Snapchat also. I think artists are on Snapchat. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I that a lot of more artists are using that now. What is it? Snapchat? Uh, it's just like a... I thought, I thought that was the thing that the teenagers were using to send pictures of their junk to each other. Well, that too. And they go disappear. Like, what's... But I don't get it. Now there's also <laughs> a social platform to it. And, you know, and there's... But, there's, but it seems like every week there's a new platform and, and new ways to, you know, not only promote yourself, but distribute content. I mean, things like Periscope where, you know, oh, I'm going to, I want to perform for my fans. Well, let me just turn my phone on and, you know, perform for my fans and do a little impromptu I, concert. It's, know, it's an exciting time. I don't know. But you know what? I remember the old days when, you know what? John Lennon would go on his damn rotary telephone and call <laughs> you and say, hey, listen, I'm John Lennon from the Beatles. We'd really appreciate it if you can come out to see a gig. I don't you know, think that's how it went. <laughs> I think that's how it happened. I, that's exactly how it happened. That, you, you lose the personal touch that way with all this technology. You know what I like about having you on this show is so much of what we do here is trying to expose artists to the new new music industry and just the way things are now. And But always battling against that is your affinity for just the way things used to be. And so it's it, it's like doing a, a show on the new music industry with Andy Rooney, <laughs> Just, you know, like me talking about Twitter and Periscope, and you're like, well, back in my day, we had wax cylinders and we liked it. 
here's the thing about not having artists and repertoire agents anymore. <laughs> that is true. Wait, there's no more A&R guys? But that's just such a cool phrase to say, A&R well, guy. Hey, guess what? I'm an A and R guy. Well, yeah, and then the, and then uh, the record labels destroyed their, you know, collapsed the music industry and had to fire all the A and R guys because they couldn't afford them anymore. Um, but oh, that's sad. I almost want to make a. <laughs> we should come, like I know we keep coming up with a new segment for you each week. Like we have, you know, Dave's Untitled Game Show, Dave the Arbiter, and now we need to have one where you like Dave complains about something new. I like, thought you were going to say just we show clips from the movie Dave. Well, that too. With uh, Kevin yeah, Klein, Kevin Klein, yeah. yeah. But you know, <laughs> something where you just get to rant about you know how times are changing. <laughs> yeah, people might enjoy that. I'd say we can use Bob Dylan music as uh, the theme, but you probably frown upon that. What with oh, he seems uh, his, his, I should say, his estate probably seems like the kind of folks. No, he's still alive. Yeah, he's alive. What are you talking about? His estate. Sorry, he seems like the kind of guy who might sue. <laughs> Particularly well, because I killed him just now, so he might sue for that. Yeah. Oh God. Um, well, thank God no one listens. That true enough. Um, Mary Amber <laughs> listens, and you should listen to Mary Amber. She's coming up right now on the Break the Business podcast. Are you an independent artist looking to promote a recent release or crowdfunding campaign? If so, the Break the Business podcast would love to help you out by giving you a shout out on the air. Email us at breakthebusiness@gmail.com and tell us about yourself and your project. It won't cost you anything. We're just looking for a way to give back to the artistic community that's given us so much. Again, that's breakthebusiness@gmail.com for a free shout out. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. We are thrilled to have back on our favorite Aussie Doctor Who fan, music video expert, just terrific singer-songwriter. Welcome back to the podcast, Mary Amber. Good to have you. Thank you. Uh, that was very lovely back to you. You made me feel nice and special. Oh, well, you, you, you make us feel special because uh, we are thrilled to know that... Uh, Whenever we ask you to come on, you always tell us right away that you'd love to. And uh, when we had you on on the very first episode of the podcast, you just made us so happy because not only is your music terrific, but we could talk to you about so many cool subjects and uh, just just made us feel great. And so we knew we had to have you on again as quickly as possible. And uh, and you're working on some cool projects, so we're glad to have you here. Yay! <laughs> yeah, and also, Mary. It is, in fact, your birthday today. Yeah, happy birthday. So, it's my birthday. It's pretty exciting. I, I got uh, cake. You, well, that's yeah. always good. <laughs> I, and, and, you're, and you're here with us on your birthday? My goodness. Yeah. There's, there has to be better things for you to yes, do so on how, your special how day. Incredibly, what do you mean? Yeah. This is a wonderful thing for me to do on my birthday. <laughs> it's like, inc- lucky for us, but sad for her. Oh, I know. Yeah, no. It's yeah. it's a big win for us. We can all agree. I yeah. mean, you know, this is really a celebration for our podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, it, it is, uh, it's terrific, terrific to have you here, Mary. Uh, uh, let us know. Since we, it's been about uh, three, four months since we've had you on. Uh, can you give us a little, just a you know, synopsis of what you've been up to lately? Some of the cool projects you've been doing. Yeah, sure. Um, the last few months have been my tour months. So I've been traveling all over Australia. I've performed in Melbourne, Adelaide, Brisbane, Canberra, Goulburn, all over the shop. I even performed a private concert in Toowoomba two days ago, which is another part of Queensland that I've never been to before. So that was exciting. Lots of traveling around, 
dressing up in cat ears and as a TARDIS and various other outfits amongst other superheroes at comic conventions. You dressed up as a TARDIS. Yes, I did. I actually did that just because I woke up one morning and felt like this was necessary to do. Um, And then I did it and (laughs) just went to the conventions and performed as a TARDIS. So I I, I should get everybody up to speed for those, you know, for those of you who weren't here for Mary Amber's first appearance on the very first episode of the podcast, uh, you didn't know that Mary Amber is a huge Doctor Who fan and in fact made an entire album of Doctor Who tribute songs, and the TARDIS is the uh, the police box from Doctor Who. It's the time traveling phone booth, yes, that the Doctor the, uses to go on adventures. Time and relevant dimension in space. That's right. And so, you, how does one dress up as a phone booth? Well, if you've seen my um, album art for Pop Goes the TARDIS, which is the Doctor Who album, then nice there's plug. a TARDIS outfit on there. So <laughs> I wore that one though I've made multiple. So if you ever watch the She's Blue music video, I believe there's five TARDISes in that one, including a toga TARDIS and a hippie TARDIS and a glamour TARDIS and a gangster TARDIS. And so there's there's, there's a lot of TARDIS <laughs> outfits in my closet. No end to the yeah. variations and possibilities. So, so yeah. there, there's, like, there's like a section of your closet that's nothing but Doctor Who TARDIS costumes. Like you have like dresses, um, you know, shirts, blouses, jeans, TARDISes. Basically. That's, that's, that's kind of, my, my wardrobe is basically kind of cosplays and geeky shirts. Oh, um, it sounds, strange tights. Uh, it sounds like you're busy. And as I always tell artists, when they tell me they're busy, busy is good. So mm-hmm. congratulations on being busy and having so much great stuff going on. Um, do you, uh, even though you've been busy and you're out touring, like, do you still get time to watch, uh, watch Dr. Who and some of your favorite TV shows? Uh, Dave, the man sitting across from me loves Dr. Who. And uh, I haven't been catching up on the series as well as he has, yeah, but uh, I imagine you guys can sort of it's, it's, talk it, about it. It upsets me greatly that you, Ryan, are woefully behind. I'm sorry. I've been, uh, you know, busy, uh, putting a book out and it's, uh, well, ruining my life. Well, Mary, Mary has oh. been literally touring an entire country, actually an entire continent, and has still had time to watch this show. You've been writing a measly little yeah, pamphlet. Um, they just think that my priorities are in the wrong place. <laughs> it's fair. So, I mean, what, what are what, uh, without spoiling anything for Ryan and uh, viewers who are maybe uh, a bit behind? What were your impressions on the uh, last few episodes, the season finale of uh, this uh, Peter Capaldi season? I just thought it was phenomenal the way it was put together was very clever unexpected and overall i i was basically completely engaged the whole time excited by it i had something to chat about afterwards with other people who watch it and on the forums because i'm a little bit of a dweeb you're on you're on the forum so after the show's over you're on the internet just uh well it's it's just when there's something that really bugs me and I need an explanation and there are others that are also get this similar sort of, why, this doesn't make sense, must be resolved in my brain. <laughs> and they all go on and try and figure it out. And usually some brainy person comes up with something that sounds feasible enough to at least satisfy my brain for some time. Right. <laughs> now, do you, like, uh, in Sydney, do, are the local uh, movie theaters, the cinemas, uh, do they are they going to ha- show the actual the Christmas episode? Because, Ryan, I'm not sure if you know, some of the theaters here are actually going to show uh, the Christmas Doctor the Doctor Who Christmas special on uh, movie screens. That's pretty cool. Uh, do they that do that really kind of cool. stuff in Australia too? I, w- I would say 
Tentatively, yes, they should because there's a huge, huge fan base over here for Doctor Who. I wouldn't know for certain because I haven't heard about it yet. But it does seem like something they should do because the Whovians are pretty strong down here. I can imagine. big thing. Um, And... And believe me, we will get into music pretty soon. But, uh, you know, whenever we have you on, we have to do a bunch of just nerd pop culture talk. We have to get our fix with you, Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, last time you were on, you revealed to us that you are you love David Tennant. You're a big David Tennant fan. He was your favorite doctor. Yeah. And so, or at least of the modern doctor era. Um, but He's my favorite overall, too. Oh, there you go. Take that, Tom Baker. Was that was he the yeah, they get that right? Pertwee okay. was my yeah. favorite older doctor. Oh, so take that Pertwee. <laughs> Man, she knows her stuff. So um have you had a chance to see uh your favorite guy, David Tennant, on his new Netflix show, Jessica Jones? No, I haven't, despite the fact many oh. have urged me to do so. I've kind of avoided it because he's a villain and because David Tennant in my mind is not a villain. He's a lovely human being. So you know, there's there's a little bit of, oh, no, I don't want to see him being evil. Ooh. But at the same time, being evil is also fun. So maybe eventually I'll get around to it. See, now that being said, I have some trepidation about recommending Jessica Jones to you because it is an astounding show. I've already binged the whole first season. It's incredible. Wow. And he's incredible. But if you're if you if you have some fear about seeing him as a villain, uh. I'm almost not sure if I want to recommend this to you because he's a really, <laughs> really mean villain on this show. I didn't know he and was if capable. If you're going to go villain, you should go all out, right? Oh, no, but he does. Believe okay. me. <laughs> oh, so you're saying he's better than, uh, what's his face, Wilson Fisk from Daredevil? Oh, who's Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah, because it, uh, ho- hopefully David Tennant has a goal at least as opposed to just, you know, apartment building oh, like, like Daredevil was. Trying to help the city. Well, yeah, help the city. Yeah. You guys would like Daredevil. Yes. Daredevil's a lawyer, isn't he? Yes, indeed. Uh, do yeah. they? Do they? Have you seen the Daredevil Netflix show? I haven't watched Daredevil because, from what I've heard, the violence is very heavy in it, and I'm still trying to slowly desensitize myself. But I'm very kind of prone to oh, freaking out. With that's gore. right. You did tell oh. us that. So you you will not be watching uh, the new Quentin Ten- Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight, when it comes out, <laughs> uh, sure. probably. No, I have to say Pride, Prejudice and Zombies has been getting my attention. It does look like it might be pretty cool. That Mm. does look really cool. Well, I mean, maybe you can, you know, sort of build yourself up to that, you know, do some things to desensitize you to violence before that comes around. You'll be ready for it. Um, But yeah, you could could definitely check out um, Jessica Jones once you are fully prepared to accept David Tennant in a not so wholesome, virtuous role. Um, yes. <laughs> you can, you can do it. I believe in you. And, uh, I, I want to talk about your latest music projects because one of the reasons why I wanted you on other than we just love talking, uh, pop culture with you is I was f- just flat out amazed by the 360 VR videos that you've put out recently. Um, I saw the tweet yeah. about them. You saw these videos, Dave. Yeah. These videos blew my mind. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Can you tell, uh, tell the people a little bit about, uh, these, these 360 VR videos and what they do? Sure. Um, so VR is virtual reality, which basically means that you don't just see a box like you do with YouTube and that's the screen and that's all you get. You get to click on what would otherwise be the normal screen that you watch and drag and look around the whole room. If you've got a mobile phone, you can just move your phone and you'd be looking around the room. That blew Um, my mind, by the way. (laughs) It's pretty trippy. If you are 
are particularly tech savvy, you'd know about Google Cardboard, which is something you can get for like 20 bucks. And it's kind of like a headset that looks a bit like those futuristic goggles that people wear, except made from cardboard. And you can put your phone in the, into that and then you can literally feel like you're completely immersed in the scene. So wherever you move with your head, you're basically just looking around the room. Um, you can't really move forward into the room, but you can basically stand in one spot and look around. There's uh, three videos that I did. Um, all of them are live. So what happened was I was basically filmed coming into a room, playing the song, and then potentially walking out, depending where they cropped the film. A group called Start VR did the filming. You aren't able to do many takes with these videos as there's multiple cameras used to make the video. Um, they all film the kind of regular sort of HD square that you see and then they stitch the videos together later. So there's so much kind of memory being taken up that you only get a couple of takes to get it right. Um, so it was very kind of, you know, I guess pressure vulnerable <laughs> excitement very much like a live experience like when you go to a live concert there's there's very little chance to like in music videos re-record over and over and over again so you just kind of got to get it right and um i think that adds to it and it becomes something quite personal and raw in the end because you're so engaged with it and it is one of those one-off things like a performance and mary i'm wondering obviously you've sort of I guess you can almost say it's been like a prototyping phase right now, just kind of getting to learn it. Do you think uh, maybe as you sort of get more comfortable with it, you'll actually try to use this to actually almost have like an interactive experience for like uh, people who watch it, like, you know, almost like the goal is, Hey, w what's like going on around here and actually like, put things yeah. in a scene like hidden or whatever, like to sort of enhance it or like be able to watch it basically essentially watch a video like maybe five different times at five different experiences because yeah, different oh, stories. Yeah. Like, well, oh, what's going on over here? Like, Oh, if I look up in the ceiling, which is, that was a trippy part too. <laughs> I mean, it's like, Oh my God, what's going on up here? <laughs> I reckon that would be super cool. I was actually very lucky to get the virtual reality videos done in the first place because start VR, the group that um, filmed me and put together the videos and stitched them and, created the final product um, actually offered me the experience because they were just starting up their company. Since then, they've gotten very busy. So I obviously can't ask for, you know, them to do that again for no payment or anything. Um, and they deserve every bit of busyness they've gotten because they are an exceedingly professional team. But um, it's something that I would consider saving up for and doing um, more with in the future, because it, it is one of those things where, you obviously need to still go through the same sort of marketing as in people need to discover that it exists to experience mm -hmm. it. But once they do experience it, especially now while it's a new thing, it's going to be something memorable. People are unlikely to forget their first ever virtual reality experience. I mean, it's virtual reality, right? Yeah. So if you can have the honor of being that person in someone's life that introduces them to this wild, wonderful thing that's coming in the future, it's, it's a big gift and definitely something worth considering doing more with. Well, yeah, you were that for us. So yeah, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Uh, and so the, the, the 360 videos that you made were for the, the songs, uh, your songs, kudos, uh, I X O X U and damn good friend. Did I get those right? 
Yes. All right, good. Uh, they they all came out really well. It was cool to just be in, you know, interact with the VR settings in the room and look all around. And um, the reason why I wanted to bring up these videos is because I want to invite all the artists out there listening. Um, if you look up on Google, there are lots of how-to guides and how you can make these videos yourselves and post them on YouTube. YouTube has its own um, uploading feature for these videos and can support them. And most smartphones can also support 360 videos. So it's just an extra cool piece of video content that you can use as an artist to create, you know, interesting videos. And, you know, as David suggested, even tell multiple stories in one song and kind of give the listener a different video experience every time they listen. I thought you were going to say... Or watch, I should say. I thought you were going to say, I invite all these artists to buy a plane ticket to Sydney and uh, work, work with this company. Well, that too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was going to also add in, you'd probably want to work with professionals because the stitching process does take many weeks to kind of get completely smooth if you're doing multiple videos. And it's a skill that you need like a really big, powerful computer and stuff to deal with. But it's something you can pick up if it's a, if film and virtual reality is a passion of yours. And I definitely encourage if artists especially kind of geeky, nerdy artists might be into this sort of thing. I'm a geeky, nerdy artist, so I don't judge you. But like, yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely something where if, if you're doing it for the first time, I would probably say work with a company. Um, and companies are popping up around. Some of them are new ones and some of them are looking to kind of do a test run. My my stuff was a bit of a test run for Start VR, And for a test run, they did a really incredible job. So... Um, it's something you can yeah. look into as well as yeah. contacting them to see yeah. if they're trying to build their portfolio. Sure. I mean, it's, it speaks to the value of networking in the music industry and finding uh, folks that can do different things to kind of help you move your career forward. And it sounded like with this company, Start VR, there was sort of a quid pro quo. You both got something out of the transaction. You know, they, they, they needed someone to help them make these videos and you wanted to take advantage of this new platform. And you know, if you're a young artist and you, you can look around, you know, you, you can't swing your arms these days without finding someone who's tech savvy and into videos and you can make the right relationships. <laughs> uh, true. Uh, and so uh, now I want to talk a little bit about uh, just just some of the songs you've made. Uh, Dave, you're a big fan of Legos. Yes. You love <laughs> Legos. And um, I do, too, but not with the passion that you do. Um, you, you, you got all, you made all make all kinds of Legos. You often even combine your passions of Legos and Star Wars to make some cool Lego oh. Star Wars stuff. Oh. It's, it's yeah. masterpieces. I actually have um, my my Jawa Sandcrawler came in the mail. Two yes. Days ago. So I That's actually cool. I gotta carve out some time to dump that on the dining room table and start building. Well, so I, I bring this I'm up. I'm 30 years old and I still build these damn Legos. Hey, and I hope and I hope oh, cool. I hope you do forever and ever, man. As long as they keep on making them, yeah. You so, know? Yeah. And so the reason I bring this up is because Mary, Dave, as you know, has has made a song to go right after your Lego passion. Oh, yes. Uh, one of one of her latest works, Block by Block, a you know, it seems to me to be a Lego tribute. We're gonna we're gonna play it on the the podcast right now. Thanks for letting us play it, Mary. Um, before we play it, is there uh, you wanna talk a little bit about the backstory of this song? Sure. Well, the song itself actually came from me meeting with someone called Brick to Scale, Drew Snedden, and he's a Lego artist, which I think is probably the coolest job in the universe. No question. So um, <laughs> that's that's the thing with, I mean, building Lego art. There's just 
it's, it's something I've recently actually discovered. There's a whole world of it and the people are just phenomenal. But Brick to Scale in particular is just, I don't know how he creates what he creates. He creates like mosaics with Lego, these 3D kind of images that from a distance are basically like realistic versions of various things or um, all the colours and shading and rendering and everything and he creates them like Lego mosaics. And he asked whether I would write a Lego song so he could put together a video that shows how he creates his artworks because obviously people are absolutely fascinated to find out how these masterpieces come to being because they look like they're just created from magic or something. <laughs> and um, I was basically like, yes, of course I will do this, yes. And that's where the song Block by Block came from. So it was going to be something kind of happy, kind of a sort of, you know, busy, worky sort of song that would go well in the background of someone creating something and something coming together. And obviously, yes, Lego was the main theme. Yeah. And that's where Block by Block came from. And, it makes yeah. it makes me smile every time I hear it. Now I, it's my pleasure yeah. to play it for all the listeners. This is Block by Block by our dear friend Mary Amber here on the Break the Business podcast. <laughs> I dig the big ones out And I get so strung up and rambling About the unfair way things happen in this life But you stare me down like a fix-it man And plan how to piece me back right Then block by block, brick by brick You build me back up
That was Block by Block by Mary Amber here on the Break the Business podcast. That was tremendous, Mary. Uh, it uh, brought me back to my love of Legos and Dave's love of Legos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were telling us uh, in the in the pre-show discussion before we brought you in, you said that this song uh, gave you an interesting experience with country radio. Yes, it was very fascinating because it is my first country sounding song. So if you're listening to me for the first time on this podcast and hearing block by block, you may have been fooled into thinking I am a country musician. Whereas if you (laughs) heard my discography, you'd actually know that the majority of my songs are actually quite pop and a large majority of them are actually quite electronic and feature a lot of samples and that sort of production. Um, the country element was purely done because of the song and serving the song and its purpose that, you know, was going to be used as a kind of song to accompany this video of a Lego artwork being created. And within that, there was lots of travel um, because it was created through many different comic conventions and it, it was mainly made to kind of suit that. So the country element was um, something new for me and something that actually me and my producer had quite a bit of a struggle with because the producer that I work with um, and have worked with for a number of songs, not on every song, but this one and a number of recent ones, is primarily a dance music producer, electronic dance music. So it was (laughs) something new for both of us, um, especially when I'd write to him and say, I'd like banjo and he'd be like, okay, um, (laughs) all right, we'll see what we can do. And then I'd write violin parts. I'd actually notate them and send them through and we'd try and make them sound like they're, you know, legit. But uh, it, it was exper- an interesting experience because my song actually then got played on about 60 different Australian country music radio stations. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Which is insane because I'm not a country musician and I can envisage these people um, looking me up after hearing the song for the rest of my discography to hear some more country tracks only to find that songs about zombies and Doctor Who and most of them are not country-sounding <laughs> in the slightest. But um, oh, it, it's great because, I mean, it's it's obviously not going to form my long-term fan base, but it means that I'm able to affect the lives of people in regions I've never managed right. to reach before. That That is interesting. Them and like Draby driving around in their Maloos, which Ryan Maloo is an Australian car. Oh, thanks. Um, it's like, hi, Roy and Mike. This is Mary Amber. Pretty good, I. Got to go look up the rest of her stuff. What? TARDIS songs? What the... See, it's funny. I actually committed to the accent. You just didn't. Um, I, I can't do the accent like you can. I think uh, even even <laughs> you even got Mary's seal of approval on the accent. There's something to be said for that. It's well, a very good accent. Thank you very you much. Do, you do the Australian accent a lot better than my American accent. I can tell you that. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, stop. Now, ev- stop yeah. everything. Now we have to hear the American accent. I'm sorry. Oh gosh. Uh. Oh gosh. What do I have to say? Tell me something to say and I'll attempt. Oh, tell us how much you enjoy being on the Break the Business podcast, of course. Okay. I really enjoy being on the Break the Business podcast. Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) You know, to be fair, we do sound like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's, She's got us. Different sorts of American accents. I thought, if anything, you could have gone like, oh, my God, you guys, I'm just going to order a cheeseburger. I'm just going to go crazy and order a cheeseburger, okay? You say that like it's easy to say, easy to speak like that. <laughs> I don't know, you guys, 
That's true. You don't have your A's. It's normal. Your yeah. A's are like R's. Yeah. It's, like, it's a very hard, a rough A, you're isn't like, it? Car. Car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a car. Well, that sounds more piratey now. <laughs> It's like, yeah, we're not we're on pirates. Like, all right, Ryan, welcome to the Break the Business podcast here. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm hijacking this now. No, yeah, little, but do, you know what, Mary? Don't worry, we're gonna edit out that part. Ryan, don't edit it no, out. No, no, we're not. Editing. No, <laughs> um, no. But the, uh, as funny as your country radio story is, and as much as you like to giggle about it, th- what what that story does show is perhaps just be. It's a testament to your abilities as an artist and how versatile do you. Uh, versatile you are ryan is so befuddled by your success <laughs> i'm still laughing about the accent yeah. <laughs> no, I, what i think it is is it's a really good sign that australian country radio supports new artists That's because right. if you're looking at australian pop radio they've definitely never played any of my stuff even the australian kind of dedicated indie music radio stations play I, I don't know if this is a thing in America, but hipster music, and it's very kind of dedicated to just that. Um, whereas if you're not completely in the box, it seems that the Australian country music um, world still gives you a chance, which I think is a very good sign for that world. It means that they're still embracing change, they're embracing new artists, and they're supporting people that are just starting out. So. Well, I kind of want to see what Australian hipsters look like now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty sure they look all all the same all over the world. You know, unique with the same kind of clothes and things. Unique yet conforming <laughs> to their own stuff. Yeah. Uniquely identical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Mary. It's okay to a hipster. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you probably don't like me anyway because hipsters aren't meant to like people from what I've gathered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mary, thank you so much for being on with us. Um, I think if we had it our way, we'd have you on damn near every week because <laughs> you're you. you are a treat. Um, although you'd probably get sick of us far sooner than we get sick of you. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't get sick of you guys. Oh, bless you! Oh, thank you very much. Um, that's, uh, you, you are a treat as always. Your music is wonderful, and uh, just overall, uh, kudos. Uh, title of your song uh to everything that you have accomplished in your career you you really got your your stuff together and i think a lot of artists uh indie artists out there can learn a lot from the stuff you're doing thank you and kudos to you guys for having me on and for creating stuff to support indie artists all over the world that's a really big deal you you got it uh uh we'll talk to you soon and happy birthday thank you all right we'll be right back on the break the business podcast Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the Break the Business podcast. You didn't see that coming, did you? I sure didn't. I had my mouth like. (laughs) I just decided right now, literally off the cuff. I just decided. It's my job to bring people back from this from the from the break. What is this? Well, not this one time. I today I have usurped. You sounded good. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, you have a good voice for this. I I mean, I want to be mad at you 
for you know jumping right on coming you know my my job but right. you sound great interesting you, you yeah. have a golden voice listeners what do you think who should actually be in charge of the rejoin ryan or me dave tweet the tweet the show at break the business uh on twitter uh you can also email ryan Oh, follow Ryan at Ryan K A I R. Uh, break the business at gmail.com. All that great stuff. You uh, give better rejoins than you do giving out the t- contact information. First of all, there is no break the business on Twitter. There's not? No. There's oh, there's just Ryan my K-A-I-R. Twitter at Ryan K A I R. Geez, well, you think maybe someone would have should have cared about that, should have done that. Man, I got enough trouble getting my own Twitter followed, but you're one to talk because nah, you nah, got nah, your nah. your like your your Twitter is like the old West scene with the tumbleweed, you know, coming across the screen. Uh, D K A Y E one zero two seven. Right. Yeah. Yes. 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 Anyway, you're, you're you're hijacking my show long enough. Wait, here. let me get a little more contact information out. All right, fine. Go. Uh, you can email us at breakthebusiness at gmail dot com. I said that. Yeah, that's the one thing you did get. Um, and you can also check out the Break the Business blog at breakthebusiness.com. See, I complimented you. I said it was a good rejoin, and you're okay. still being mean to me. All right. Well, now, here's the interesting thing, Ryan. You have found a video uh, with a Christmas song, but it, uh, apparently a little interesting twist to it. Uh, this song is All I Want for Christmas, and apparently it's in a minor key. And once again, I've just usurped What are you doing to me? Because, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's come over me. So first you take my rejoin, and now you're Taking introducing my segments or, or my, my bits on the segment? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I, well, here's the thing. I'm thinking, like, what if this is just a new way of being? This is what I do to you in life. Just you're about to speak everywhere, and all of a sudden I just pop out and start doing your talking. It would be a lot less work for me at work. I, I kind of have to uh, at see home, the upside in this. You know, your girlfriend asks, "How was your day?" And then you go, and "I go well." You know, it was interesting. You asked that, uh, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, it was a rough day for us both here and everything. And you just meanwhile you can just go ahead and eat your spaghetti. May I eat the spaghetti or continue with the show? May I continue with the show. Oh, okay. Well, then, yes, okay. Yeah. So, even though you did such a great job introducing that, if I may, yes, um, I wanted to play this for you. Okay. Uh, you haven't heard this yet, but... I have not. Uh, I I heard this earlier in the week, and it got me super... You have built this up. No, I, I'm pretty excited for it. So, you've heard the song All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. You can't avoid it this time of year. Wait, is it by her? What do you mean? Yeah, she's the singer of that song. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that part. I thought maybe it was something. Maybe it was like a version or something. Oh no, no, like it's hers. I oh, mean, okay. and you can't avoid that song this time of year. That song's always like you can't walk through a shopping mall without getting accosted by that right. song. Interesting. So the ex of Nick Cannon wrote this song. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah. Well, that's what she's um, known for. And so it's a happy song, or at least it 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 sounds happy because it's in a major key. So um, there is an artist named Chase Holfelder who was on a music video that was created by Kurt Schneider. He does a lot of music videos on YouTube. You can check him out. But uh, Kurt Schneider got Chase Hofelder, uh cool... Are these guys based in Germany? No, it okay. seems like it, right? Um, really talented indie artist, uh, Chase Holfelder is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to hear it even in this silly song because his voice is so good. Um, this he, They took the song, All I Want for Christmas is You, by Mariah Carey, and transposed it into a minor key. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you out there who are not uh, big on music theory, uh, to put it as simply as possible, when you put a song in a minor key, it makes it sound 
really sad and really dark. And so, and so they, they put the song in a minor key and it sounds kind of interesting. Hmm, okay. uh, so, and I, and I haven't played it for you yet cause I wanted I to get your genuine it. reaction. So this is Chase Hallfelder. All I want for Christmas. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Uh, we'll give you about 30 seconds on it, but here you go. Ready? You see how the minor key just makes it sound like sort of dark and brooding and stuff. Uh, that's not dark and brooding. That's not dark and brooding. To me, that just sounds like a ripoff of like a Shirley Bassey James Bond title theme song. That I'm sorry, but this reaction is not maybe what you would hope to be. But to me, I'm like, okay, I, I hear that all the time when I listen to a James Bond song. Well, but, 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 but it's it's an imagined all you, take all on you that need song. is just a little bit of horns, and it's like, oh, okay, that's just James Bond. Well, I mean, a lot of those songs are in a minor key. Yes, um, but that that was not dark and brutal. That's, I mean, for, compared to the original source material, that no, but still not dark and like, brutal. It sounded like kind of like an Evanescence song. Like I could almost imagine Amy Lee singing that. Okay, maybe, but then okay, if that's your definition of dark and brooding. Well, you're. Gr- I'm grading on a curve with you because you've listened to pretty like hardcore yes. rock music. So like this probably sounds like pop to you. Yeah, right. As we speak right now, there's a raven on my shoulder, and I have a black candle lit in my hand as we speak. <laughs> it's kind of a fire hazard in here, but you know, I think I'll go ahead and put it off, and we'll get the raven out of here. But uh, no, yeah, fine. To you, Mister Happy Go Lucky, that sounds like you know the absolute pit of despair. To me, that sounds like a Tuesday. <laughs> I kind of want to get this uh, Chase Holfelder guy on, but now I feel like you know you're not going to be nice to him. Well, if he says, uh, "How old is he? Do you know?" I have no idea. Well, if he goes like, yeah, man, it's really, the world's really dark. Like, I asked my parents for my $20 No, no, he's not like that at all. And they only gave me 18 man. <laughs> and I was just like, why is the world so painful? No, he's, he's not like that at all. Although he does do a lot of songs, like, for fun, that where he takes the song and transposes it into a minor key. No, that, that's fine. That's great. That's what he does. It's, it's, okay, that's good. Yeah, it's, a, it, you know, it's interesting. Uh, anyway. Well, I, this, this was the honest reaction, okay? I'm, I'm sorry if it wasn't, like... I should have realized who I was presenting this to. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but because, you know, you, you experience darker stuff. But I mean, certainly relative to the original version. <laughs> you know, it's your show. We'll go with whatever theories you want to <laughs> oh propound, I guess. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, uh, how's everything else going in your world, man? Here's what's actually been bothering me. Only one thing's bothering you right now? Well, this multiple is... things. All right. That's true. What's yeah. on the top of your list? I'm getting really sick and tired of seeing all these damn Star Wars commercials and all the new, like, oh, new footage online. Check out the new trailer with new footage. Star Wars coming out this next week? You must be excited for that. Well, I, I already got my tickets for Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday afternoon. <laughs> nice. And I'm very serious. 
I, I'm, um, I'm sure you are. And uh, one of them, Saturday, that that one's the IMAX 3D. And then I still have to, I'll have to go up to the Fort Lauderdale Museum of Science, right? Because that's the that's our that's the only true IMAX screen in South Florida. True enough. So I got to go up to there. Um, that'll be fun. All right. So so what what I'm just what so could have you upset? Because it's like I'm gonna see the movie. That was never in doubt. If they had a freaking 10 second spot of blackness that said, "Hey, dummies, there's a new Star Wars coming out directed by J.J. <laughs> Abrams. It has all the people you want in it." See it. You're gonna go see it. This will be the last word on this, and that's it. Then I'm fine. The first trailer that was fine. That was great. I fu- I freaking cried. Okay. Okay. I caught myself. That wasn't an edit point. I caught myself. <laughs> I freaking cried. All right. You know, but I, I don't need to see anything else. And it upsets me when I see other things else. I'm like, stop. Even the the toys that came out already beforehand, actually labeling these people and giving them names. I'm like, oh, I don't. No, stop it. I want to discover things as I see this movie. Oh, I see. Why am I? Why are you telling me everything before I see this? You're upset because all of this hoopla about the Star War, about Star Wars is revealing details. Like you didn't want to know what the main characters' names are. You didn't want to know that you know about BB-8. Yeah, or like what, like Kylo Ren. Why do I need to know that name? I'll discover it there. That's fine. But I know it. But I, now that doesn't do anything by itself. But still, it's like, why do I need that? And again. I don't want to see all this footage right now. I want to see it on the screen. I want to discover everything as it happens right there. I don't want any spoilers. I don't look for spoilers. I never understand people who actually actively look for that. I'm like, what's what's your <laughs> deal, guy? What happened to you? You know, what did your parents do to you as a child? Where you must know well, these things. Well, I'm with you, buddy. Uh, they really screwed this up, and you shouldn't stand for it. I think you need to boycott Star Wars. It's the only way they're going to learn. Really? Yeah. Oh. You got to take a stand on this one, man. You know, this is, they, they completely bungled the rollout for this movie, and you well, need to let them have well, it. I could send you need them, to hit them in the I pocketbook. I could send them a very, you're right, I could send them a very powerful message. My record for seeing a movie in theaters is six times. I could very well decide I'm not going to break that record. <laughs> I could see it five times in theaters. I could see it six. That'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I may try to get seven, though, just also because it's episode seven. So there's some it nice seems, seems appropriate symmetry there. there. And the, the, it's funny, the uh, the movie I do have my record with six is Metallica Through the Never, like their concert movie, co- concert slash narrative movie from 2013. Segue to my other issue that's bothering me. Okay. I can't believe I'm saying I have an issue with Metallica, but it's sort of, it's also then it gets into general theories and everything. You're not happy with Metallica. Well, so, this is I, interesting because you a, love Metallica. I've been a loyal member of the Metallica fan club, Met Club, uh, since 2009. The Met got, Club sounds much classier. Like you go to like shows at the Met and watch well, yeah, opera. Well, well, yes, this is for discerning fans and discerning tastes. <laughs> and we have the best taste in music. And if you don't think so, well, hey, <laughs> we'll fight you. And the, there's a lot of us. And we have spikes and other uh, metal objects and everything. And, and, and we will bludgeon you. And there will be blood. Um, so you like Metallic. And you're in the fan club. I, like is, is hardly the word I'd use. But, you know, it is, it is mild. Like, that's not, that's not, no, it's love. Yeah, sure. Understand. Anyway. Yeah. Um, they recently did away with the pay-in fan club, where it's now it's free to... Anybody can join the fan club. You could sign up, create a login, and have the access to the same content as me. 
Now, at least, thank God, they've done this legacy thing, which is, you know, for pre Because that's the thing. You're part of the fan club because you want pre-sale codes a lot of times. Yeah, you, there's, there's, like, benefits. When I went to uh, the Quebec shows, I did got in the pre-sale and got my tickets. That thing sold out pretty fast. If I'm... And now, you're, now they're telling us that, like, oh, you know, hey, man, all these other people get to join. Because, you know, and they said, oh, you know, if people can't afford the 50 or 60 bucks... But it's like, hey, man, what exclusivity is nice. Mm-hmm. Exclusivity is a great thing for fans. Yeah. It actually creates more of a bond. It actually makes it special. If it's just any Tom, Dick, and Harry out there or that could join, you know, it's like, yeah. It just, it's kind of a buzzkill. And a lot of my uh, Metallica fan club friends also were very displeased and voiced their displeasure on Facebook. And a lot of people, you know, said that basically sort of end of an era sort of thing. Some of these folks have been with them since, like, you know, like in this club since the early 90s, late 80s and everything, you know. I feel like I should join the Metallica fan club, even though I don't own any Metallica music, just to make you mad. And then I'll go up to you and be like, hello, equal member of the Metallica fan club. Yeah, that's that's awful. That's just <laughs> awful. And also, How about that John Hetfield, huh? He's great. Oh, no, I went too far. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say, I kind of wish you didn't say anything to let the radio silence really echo. I know, but I was, no, that would have been a better bit, but I got legitimately afraid because I saw a lot of anger in your eyes. Well, yes. Um, this is a puzzling move, and it would be, and granted, like, you know, Metallica, I don't need to tell them how to run their business. What's the thing? They're, they're them. They're essentially as big as they're going to be. That's true. I mean, I mean with, with incremental levels of growth, or sort of like, you know, there's not much. Yeah. They already had their breakout. You know, essentially, you're, you're going to grab some new fans as people get older, whatever. But, you know, you've made your choice by yeah. now, probably. But in the new music industry, for which even Metallica is still a part of, um, there's something to be said for, you know, using that kind of fan club model as a way to, you know, basically make as much money as you can. Um, in this in this industry where you know people just aren't buying music directly anymore, one of the things that you have to sell as an artist is experiences, is a piece of you. And one of the ways you do that is with a fan club kind of model. You can you see this with like a website like Patreon, for example, where people mm-hmm. can pay you a certain amount of money per month as your patron, and then you get patron benefits. Like you get to go to the VIP meet and greet after the show or they do special vip only live streams or you get you know vip only content but you know people who pay extra get these extra privileges and that's how you have to make money in this industry as an artist now because a lot of the conventional revenue streams are starting to fade away so it's interesting to see an established band like metallica going completely in the other direction but it also it just it, it kind of pisses me off just because of this whole like yeah people expect things for free and then it was funny, you see these postings on the board after like under the story of like, okay, now it's going to be free and, you know, all this exclusive content is available for free now, which essentially then is like, well, what's the definition? It's no longer exclusive, essentially, because it's just, all you have to do is sign up. Okay, well, to me, it doesn't make it exclusive anymore. But all these people are like, oh, yeah, great, finally now it's free and everything and we don't have to worry about paying anything. I'm like, ah, you little piss ant. <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You know, maybe, okay, fine. Maybe you're freaking 13 and your parents won't give you 50 bucks to join the club. You know, hey, man, whatever. I'm sorry. Too bad. So sad. But, you know. Get a job. 
Well, yeah, I get a job. And, uh, you know, also just, hey, it was nice to have an exclusive thing. It was it was a family, you know, and now it's just everybody's in. It's uh, you you lost that community of diehards. Yeah, man. And it's just it's not cool. And again, just because, oh, what? Because lowest essentially they're what lowest common denominator freebie people. It's like, nah, why do we need them? You don't need them. It's it's an interesting move. Um. But I, I'm with you. I agree with you. I think you need to you need to be able to have stuff that caters to your your diehards and makes them feel special. Um, thanks very much uh, to Mary Amber. Oh yeah, for, thank you very much to Mary Amber for being on the show. We really appreciate having her. Are, are on. you doing this again? Um, and hey, 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 hey. Shh. All right, go for it. You got it. You got it. Okay. Go ahead. Godspeed. We'd like to thank uh, Mary Amber for coming on the show again, second time. We're actually gonna. I think uh, we're gonna probably get her a punch card. Um, That's right. The, the fifth, the fifth one's free. Yeah, and uh, I, I want to make some kind of regular segment with her. Like, I wonder if we could like talk her to just coming in every week and talking about pop culture with us. She's well, if best. we do, if, if we do, we definitely need to work out the whole time issue. Yes, and I'll, 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 I'll be sure to fix that in the future. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're doing a good job. Oh yeah. So uh, thanks for stopping by the Break the Business podcast. We uh, hope you enjoyed everything you heard today. And if you didn't, well. You know, I guess that's really on you. I mean, hey, why, what are you doing? What? You can't berate the listeners on the outro. Well, they're already, they already don't like it, apparently. Oh, it's okay, fine. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry to interrupt. We're trying to bring joy to their life, Ryan. Take us home, man. All right. <laughs> oh, is that... You know, oh, no, no, no. Well, well, listen, like I said, thanks very much for joining us, me and Ryan Carella here on the Break the Business podcast. Break the Business podcast.